20th Century Fox would like to introduce you to Pee-wee and his pals. Tommy, Mickey, Tim, and the biggest man on campus. Why do they call you meat? Because it's so big? When they're not in class, they're into everything. Okay. <laughs> okay, pull over. But what they'd like to get into most is a place called Porky's. I left my idea. Here, use this one. That's my Bible school card. Unfortunately, we can only show you the outside of Porky's. Because what goes on inside is not to be believed. Boy, the locker room. Oh, it turned me on. We'd like to show you more of the locker room, but this kind of physical education just isn't taught. We can't show you more of the shower scene. Because what they're looking at isn't watered down. They want us to look. They want us to look. Porky. You too will be back for a second look. I don't gotta fuck nobody, and I still get paid. Welcome to Recap and Gown, a podcast where four old millennials talk about the high school and college movies from back in the day when we were high school and college students to find out what made the grade and what should have been held back. Representing the class of 03, I am your co-host Crooks, joining me this week and every week. He sings like an angel and drinks like a fish, the class of 04's own Big Hearn, David Oscar Hernandez. What up, Dave? I'm not sure. I'm an old-fashioned. I bought these... I bought the maraschino cherries that are in the aisle that I always skip over because they're like they're like twenty dollars for oh, a the jar. Fancy ones, the 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 Luxardo ones, and I can see why they're fucking expensive. <laughs> they are incredibly good. Um, yeah, worth it. And um, I haven't been to Jersey Mike's in a while. Oh. Are you Jersey Mike's fan? I only been once. Really? Mm-hmm. I forgot how much I like that place. Oh. I understand that it's like. It's it's a chain and it's not the uh, old school New Jersey type uh, submarine sandwich, but uh, for what we can do out here, it's pretty darn good. It's not bad. I, I miss Quiznos personally. That was a Quiznos. Me guy. too. Yeah. He he heat up my sandwich and have yeah. not all the meats be made from turkey. Subway. That's right. Well, <laughs> Subway turkey if you're lucky. Uh, Subway sponsor us flying solo in the Lone Star State. This podcast chief calisthenics and trivia correspondent from the class of 01, Dana Griffin. What up, Dana? Not much. I will weigh in as the uh, resident New Jerseyan, Jerseyite. Mm. Um, Jersey makes is fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It, it's not. A, that's not what a sub is. Um, Bill like didn't really understand how delicious subs were until he like came to Jersey a couple years ago, and it's the bread. It is. The bread makes all the difference. It's a giant thing. It's delicious. Every time I go home, like the first stop is we have to go to like, okay, this is the name of the restaurant in my hometown, but Guido's. Oh boy. And get. You're canceled. (laughs) It's their last name. It's the people's last name. 
you know what? I'll make it. I'll make it a lot worse. Um, my in-laws in Minnesota have a restaurant that they go to. Like they're the one restaurant I ever hear them talk about. Like if they're going out for dinner, they're going to this place. It's called the Gidios. And my father-in-law, his sandwich of choice is called a hot dago. And I don't Oof. think he knows it's a racial slur. <laughs> I don't think Not he's aware of it. Woof. Yeah. Is it a good sandwich though? Apparently it's great. He's been getting it for 20 years or whatever. But like, yeah. Then, yeah. He's just, um, the first time I heard it, I'm like, whoa, what? You're a hot what? Oh no. Larry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's pump the brakes on that. A hot Larry? Yeah, hot Larry. Uh, you guys, um, this movie that we're talking about this week, uh, it's from 1981. It's called Porky's. Um, it's included on uh, Amazon for free. I didn't, I didn't see it anywhere else, but I also didn't give it a deep dive because, I mean, you know, it's on Amazon for free. So yeah, want to watch it, you can watch it there. Um, the synopsis via Rotten Tomatoes. High school friends Pee Wee, Tommy, Billy, and Mickey want to lose their virginity. But when they're kicked out of a strip club after the owner, Porky, takes their money, they plot revenge. While they try to get back at him, they deal with other teen troubles, including Pee-wee's worries that his quote-unquote equipment is shrinking, their sexually opinionated gym teacher, and a spy hole in the girls' locker room. That is not what this movie's about. At fucking Sexually time. opinionated is an interesting way to talk I'm about I'm not even sure teacher. what that means. Um, I mean, I, she's not really a sexually, she's kind of a jerk. Uh, and also, yeah. I'm pretty sure the only virgin was Pee-wee. Like, I think everyone else has already yeah. lost their virginity. Um, or they were just talking, like, like like they were big time and they were all a bunch of virgins just being like yeah of course i've done it i mean the movie you know with, the movie definitely doesn't with, 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 all with that girl from camp yeah well, yeah Jesus. yeah and you know i also want to say um i'm gonna open the curtain up a little bit and let you guys in here this is not the movie i wanted to watch this week uh last week i announced that we were gonna watch revenge of the nerds as a super problematic mm-hmm. movie and I'm like, of course it's available fucking everywhere. It's Revenge of the Nerds. Turns out you can't get it anywhere. Not streaming anywhere, probably because it ends in a triumphant rape and we're trying to get away from that kind of culture, which is why I wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to kind of scramble for another movie that I thought was going to be in the same vein. I reached for Porky's. It is not what I thought it was. Uh, we'll talk about that. Dave, if you could give us a rundown of who is in this movie. I recognized... Two names. What? 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 What about you guys? That's more than me. I think. I think I just recognized one. Okay. I recognize. Right. Oh no, there's two. 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 Yeah, two names, and then one lady I couldn't pinpoint, and then I just read some trivia on IMDb that helped me place her. Okay. Pinpointed. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Edward Pee Wee Morris, played by Dan Monahan. Uh, Billy McCarty, played by Mark Harrier. Um, Tommy Turner, uh, actor named Wyatt Knight, Mickey Jarvis, uh, played by Roger Wilson, uh, Tim Cavanaugh is played by Cyril O'Reilly. If you guys watch Oz, that's a name that might, no, you guys don't I've watch Oz? I've okay. never watched Oz. I know you love it. Yeah. A couple yeah. episodes here and there. Uh, uh, let's see. Anthony, meet Tuparello. Meet. Uh, Tony Ganyos, uh, Wendy Williams, uh, Cakey. Is Kiki? I don't know if Kiki. 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 Um, you know what? I like Kiki better. Kiki. Kiki Hunter. Um, Miss Lynn, quote, Lassie Honeywell, oh, Kim Cattrall of Sex and the City fame. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach Beulah Ballbricker. Yeah, it's, Jesus Christ. It's a great. Nancy Parsons, Brian Schwartz, Scott Columbia. That's the other name that I recognize. Have you ever seen Caddyshack? He plays oh. Denunzio. Oh. 
Yeah, I thought, um, I thought um, you might recognize Ballbreaker as the coach from um, Ladybugs with Brian Angerfield. Oh, I haven't seen yeah. that in a while. Oh, it's it's fucked up. You should, Don't watch you, that again. You you should have picked that one for this week. That could have been a heck of a <laughs> It'll come eventually. Ooh, it's gross. Like, it's I watched it all the time as a kid. I just haven't tried to track it down. That, that is a kid's movie that kids should not be watching. Oh, God. Yeah, what are you, you doing got the... in the 80s and 90s for children's <laughs> entertainment? <laughs> this was probably rated PG back then or something oh, crazy. You know, okay, <laughs> okay. I, I thought it was PG-13. Because when I first looked it up, there was um, in, in it said PG thirteen. Well, it's it's no, because PG thirteen came from Jaws, which was after this. Um, no, it came from no Jaws came out in like seventy six. PG thirteen like, came from Indiana Jones. Oh, Indiana Jones. I knew or it was, Tomb yeah. Raider, or whatever. It's, it's, it's Indiana Raider. Jones. It's Indiana Raiders because the, the brains eating the second of the brains eating. Yeah, yeah. Tem- okay. The Temple of Doom. Yeah. Um, I call I was it like, Indiana Jones and the Raider of the Lost Temple Ark. Oh boy. All right, you're double canceled. I I had, those are some. I had I had a whole section where I'm like, how is this movie PG-13? And then I'm like, oh, it's not. Thank no. God. Uh, anybody else in the cast? Or do we get them all? Ah, the coaches: Coach mm. Roy, Coach Fred, Boyd Gaines, and Doug McGrath. Susan Clark is Cherry Forever. That's an interesting little part. Mm, um, yes. and the and the the, the uh, Wallace's Chuck Mitchell plays Porky, and Alex Karras plays. Sheriff Wallace. Um, that's really it. That's about it. it. That's about it. That's Mongo from that's Blazing Mongo. Saddles. That's right. That's oh, right. yeah. Yeah, that's Mongo. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go around here and give some memories of the first time that we saw this before the pod. Dana, what do you got? Uh, two hours ago. Okay. Fresh. First time I saw it. Real fresh. Mm-hmm. Nice. Fresh. Uh, Dave? <laughs> Definitely saw it sometime middle school or high school cable when my parents were like, yeah, just go ahead and watch. Just be responsible. I'm like, no, nope, I'm, I'm going to watch this Porkies. movie called Porky's. Um, can't really pin, pinpoint when. And I remember being like, wow. Just wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. I had never actually seen this whole movie before. I remember it playing constantly on Comedy Central back in the day when I was in middle school, like Dave. Like this was on a rotation with like just one of the guys that we also covered and Love Potion number nine. I remember they played a ton of that movie. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that's that's something. But like I feel like as a kid, something about the title made me not want to watch it. I'm just like porkies. No, that sounds I don't want to watch that. Um I do very clearly remember the peeping tom scene and the soap on the tongue. But that's like all I remember from this movie. So yeah, yeah, that was that's the movie that I had in mind was that for an hour and a half, and that was not what we yeah. got. Uh, Dana, did this make the grade for you? Should they have held this back? I I don't it I <laughs> I think it's tough because it was it's a movie that was made in the 80, early eighties, mm-hmm. set in the mid fifties. And I'm watching it in 2021. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's right to judge. I don't think it's fair. Um, I, I can't give it a grade. I don't know what was going on. I don't. Yeah. Just. Okay. Uh, sure. Dave, how about you? Definitely a movie of its time. Um, thought it was interesting that it's a movie about the, it, it took that, that long to make a movie about, the fifties that was that kind of dirty. Um, but, but yeah, it really isn't fair. Uh, Cause if we're judging it by today's standards, this is unreleasable, unwatchable. It's terrible. <laughs> um, but uh, 
there are some there's some iconic stuff here um and yeah it's probably a very accurate portrayal about how kids were in the 50s and you just never saw that um you saw leave it to beaver and shit like that you didn't see Mm -hmm. kids you know talking real real about about sex and their and their their lives and so on So, so so that part was interesting but yeah um can't really grade it it was what it was i'll grade it hold it back hold it back hold it back back. like it kind of reminded me a little bit of outside providence where it just kind of felt like they didn't really know what kind of a movie they wanted to make yeah outside providence they knew what they wanted to make and then harvey weinstein came in took his dick out and was like no change it but like at times this movie was like a raunchy sex romp at times mm-hmm. it was a dark coming of age story. At times it was a parable of racism in the fifties. I just don't think it did any of them particularly well. Yeah. Um, considering it's like considered an iconic comedy and it has, I think four sequels, maybe five sequels. I was shocked by how bored I was watching it. I'm like, I didn't laugh. I didn't smile. I'm like, sure. none of these jokes landed for me at all. And I, I just, I did not like this movie. Do really jokes? Get jokes? Yeah, that's jokes, the thing. jokes per se. No, I don't, I don't know. There were there were definitely moments I think I was supposed to laugh at. Jokes. I think I think it's it's the, I forget the tagline, but it's like the funniest movie about youth ever made. And I'm like, is it the funniest? What? Oh, um, let me look up the poster. Keep an eye out for the funniest the movie about growing up. There you go. Ever made? Ever made? And I'm like, this is you're sure? Yeah. I mean, it's before Sandlot, but. Like, this is the funniest movie about growing up ever made. Yeah, so I did not enjoy this. Didn't laugh at it. Didn't think it was very good. Um, got a lot of problems that we're going to talk about. Uh, do we have any fun facts before we get into our recap and segments? Um, I scrounged some up. Um, this one blew my mind that it was the fifth highest grossing film of 1982. It made a shitload of money. This movie sure made a did. Shitload of money. It's technically the highest grossing film in Canada ever because it, it had a Canadian production company. Oh, not strange. No. <laughs> technically. Wow. I'm sure that they've figured out a way for that not to be it. They're, they're, they're just like, well, it was. I'm sure that they, they, uh, they found some sort of uh, exception so that that's not the case, but. It made more money than you. The box office Canada. was like 140 million and the budget was like, what, 15? Yeah, no, four, four, it was like fifteen million. I was like, that is they too much. They destroyed a whole this. building. I know they did, that's, that's, but it was it's in the effort. Some money. It was in you, the you, you can, I, I can go destroy it. I, I can stiff, destroy it. A stiff breeze would have knocked it over here, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah it was on the bayou. Um, yeah. I don't know what that means. Um, you use it right. You got it right. So, no, I meant like it being on the bayou. What the sturdiness of the building? What does that matter? It's on the um, yeah, so I don't know, grain of salt on this one, but on IMDb, according to another website, um, whatever studio made a Christmas story only made a Christmas story to get Bob Clark, who was the writer-director, to do Porky's 2 the next day. Wow. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, thank God for Porky's then, I guess. Sure. Yeah. A Christmas story. I've never seen a Christmas story. <gasps> if you guys like TNT, oh. man, just... Just put it really? on Christmas Day and it runs yeah. on a loop. Turn, turn on Never. TNT at 4, 7, 10, Whenever 1 a.m. Like. all day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> our, our tradition, well, for when I was, before I moved out. It was a TBS. 
I don't remember. Uh, it's one of the two, maybe both. I don't know. Yeah, before I moved out, when I was still like living at home, and well, I guess before my parents left um, Chicago area to go to California and we'd come back for Christmas, that was like our thing. Christmas Eve, my brother, who is an engineer, and I would watch, there's like a, um, like a Mythbusters marathon that's on on Christmas Eve. So we'd have Mythbusters on all day long. And then on Christmas Day, we would just have it on in the background the entire day. Like we did, it was on a loop. We would just play Christmas Story all fucking day and tune in and tune out whenever we felt like it. It's great, Dana. You're missing out. I guess. Uh, yeah. Um, I have one more. Okay. So I couldn't figure out like why Cherry Forever looked very familiar to me. And it's because Sheriff Wallace played by Alec Harris, Alex Harris mm-hmm. and Sherry Forever played by Susan Clark are married in real life. Oh, that's adorable. And... <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why I loved this sitcom as a child, but I really did. Uh, Webster? Any Webster fans in the house? I'm aware of Webster. Did not watch <laughs> Webster, but I'm aware of it. <laughs> Lewis, right? Yes. So I watched Webster. Big, big fan. And they are in that together. They are Webster's <laughs> wow. par- adopted parents. Holy was, shit. Uh, Mr. Papadopoulos? Is that his name? Or is that a different show? Well, that's different strokes. Nope. No, 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 no. I think that's their is name on Webster. I think so. Well, Alex Karras is Greek, so that would make sense. He's Mr. Papadopoulos. Alex Karras. Yeah, he's right. Greg Papadopoulos. There you go. All right. All right. I have a trivia couple, up here, guys. I have a couple that, that, that I think are kind of funny. <laughs> what do you got? Um, it was banned in Ireland for 19 days in 1982, but they changed their mind. Not and they let people up. see it. Yeah. Um, Cisco and Ebert did did a review on at, at the movies it, oh it had, the show had started um they were one of the few to come straight out back then and say this is offensive oh. this is <laughs> this is the one of the worst movies Courage. ever made one of Courage. the worst made in, in, in 1982 yeah. um and they're like yep yeah, the objectification of women no good the degradation of women no good uh-uh. Um, and they were not fans of the anti-Semitism. Which uh, is... Yeah, Siskel and Ebert didn't like the anti-Semitism, huh? I'm shocked. Can't imagine. Not, Can't not imagine fans. Why. Yeah, well, I mean, they, so. they got it right. I, I, I'm sure they still gave it two stars. <laughs> I, I didn't even get, get the stars, but yeah, probably. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go ahead and jump into our recap here. Um, need to lead off by saying i kind of feel like this whole movie was a bit of a bait and switch um this is not the raunchy sex romp i thought it was gonna be uh first of all i had no idea this was a period piece really thought this movie took place in the 80s did not i'm like oh it's in the 50s that's that's odd um it did start off as a raunchy sex romp first thing you see is peewee laying in bed with a big old boner pitching a tent he has to like mm-hmm. roll over onto it to hide it from his mom takes out a ruler to measure his dick and then like writes down the measurement on a daily growth chart held like hidden under his mattress i'm like okay i know where this is going like this is gonna be what i thought it was gonna be but after that it's just like they just put in a scene about sex every like 10 minutes or so it feels kind of disconnected from the other general plot um there's a plot I, I, I don't i don't know i don't it's a bunch of vignettes it's a bunch of unconnected yeah. stories and so i wanted to go through like three of the things that this movie puts a higher premium on than what the synopsis tells us is a revenge story about a strip club um mm-hmm. 
first off, there's Tim's dad's storyline. Uh, if you guys haven't seen this movie, Tim is a character who is a raging anti-Semite. His dad is fresh out of jail with a scar on his face, a leather jacket, a Harley, and an underage girl on the back of the Harley at all times. She was their age, which was really fucked up. Um, uncomfortable. Yeah, basically, Tim's dad is abusive. Tim and his dad have a fist fight at one point. Then uh, later on in the movie, they have another fight where Tim like overcomes his dad and blah, 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 whatever. I have no idea why this is even part of the movie. Did you guys care at all about Tim or his relationship with his dad? He wasn't a good guy. I didn't really feel no. anything about him. I mean, I feel bad, obviously, if somebody's getting beaten by their <laughs> father, obviously, but I kind of feel it coming. You feel a little less bad when they're a real piece of shit. Yeah, and, a big uh, old piece of shit. And and it was weird the the uh, reaction at the dance. Uh, they're just like, I'm gonna put on a I'm, I'm gonna put out a citizen's bond on you. I'm like, what, yeah. what the fuck are they even even even, even talking about? Because I mean, it just used to be okay to just hit your kid, but these parents were like, nope, these that's a closed fist. You know what? You can't do that. Yeah, he didn't pull a switchblade on him or anything. No, it's- nothing like that. <laughs> I can like spoil it. I think I know why it's in the film because my notes do it. Were very much um, so Tim, which I didn't know anybody's name, so I was like racist. I'm, I'm gonna talk about that. <laughs> okay, I was like the racist. Um, One of the two racists. Eh, he's the main racist. Uh, Mickey says the N word twice right away. Oh God. So- okay. Anyway, we gotta focus. <laughs> so the racist is always like saying disparaging things to our boy Brian Schwartz. And one day at practice, it's finally too much. He trips um, Brian. So he gets kicked off the team. That, like bullshit happens. They get into a fight. Brian kicks his ass. And then afterward, like racist friends, the, the racist friends are like, you know, you know, like we don't love that he's racist, but like he is our friend. He's our boy. Yeah, our I don't boy. Know. Like it's yeah, okay, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But then they go like, you know, he has it like really hard. <laughs> like his dad. Sucks. You know, you know how like if your dad sucks, you hate Jews. You know how that goes. Yeah, right? yeah. You know. He's like and Brian's yeah. like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and like, and then like Brian's made to feel bad. Yeah. Like, cause then racist comes in with like a his face is all messed up. Everybody's like man brian you really got him he's like i didn't do that and the other I guy threw goes, him a bunch i didn't his judo dad him. did and yeah. i'm like oh so now brian the kid who was attacked anti-semitic attacks over has to over. feel bad because racist kid has a terrible dad no they were well, literally excusing the racism with it. uh, it's his dad's abusive so that's why he's racist well, and plus mm. the first time we see tim get beat up by his dad the the whole tone of the movie shifts. Before this, all we know about him is he hates Jews. That's all we know about this. He belongs in school ties. That's all yeah, we yes. know about him. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets Era appropriate. Yes, Era appropriate. Yes. When he gets Sorry. his ass whooped by his dad, the whole tone of the movie shifts and all the other guys are like, Whoa, I guess my old man isn't so bad after all. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> uh, we this, also this movie starts with a boner. What happened? We also don't see anybody's dad to know if they're terrible or not. Like we no. don't even see like any interaction to know like, yeah. oh, man, your dad is kind of. You see Pee Wee's like mom. Yeah, you see Pee Wee's mom. You see, yeah, it's we see, really we see Pee-wee's a mom. lot of parentless children. It's Pee- it's yeah. it's been in these movies since the beginning of time. 
fuck parentless and homeless. We see Pee Wee's yes. mom. That's the only house we ever see. The rest of the right. movie either all at the school, in the gym, at Deadbeat's Diner, or at Porky's. <laughs> like there's no yeah. there's no homes in this movie at all. And you you get to meet like I guess I don't know the guy who keeps going back back Mickey I think Mickey. his name Mickey his He's brother. Got a brother He's got a brother Yeah his brother's a cop Yeah yeah so okay right um so that's that's one storyline that felt really kind of tacked on and like i don't i don't want to stand up and cheer for this anti-semite that he beats his dad's ass like i don't care about that then there's the meat and princeton storyline um another instance dropped in there just dropped in there they really didn't nail down any kind of consistent tone here because like the first time you hear about meat and princeton it's that first I, i feel bad calling this dude meat but like they call him meat and he's like what six foot six <laughs> he's a big fella he's a big fellow the big old swinging hog yep. and it, it they, the first time we hear about him in princeton it's that meat cannot have sex with a freshman girl at school because he might get caught and suspended again and then lose mm-hmm. his scholarship to princeton he was mm-hmm. not gonna have sex with her he was just gonna show gonna her show her his dick, his dick. <laughs> yeah he was gonna show her his dick my impression was he was going to show her his dick and she'd be so dickmatized that she had to like yeah. hop on it. Was I wild. mean, way better than, yeah, just whipping out way better yeah, than sex. Pull I mean, it come out. on. Um, um, the, get him, I'm going to make her a senior. That's God. gross. <laughs> the next so time we hear about it, he's like, this, this is the first, the first time we see meat, I think, is when this happens where we find out mm-hmm. that he's got a, a Princeton scholarship. The next time we hear about it, he's blackout drunk, lashing out at everybody in the, in the diner and like spitting food over the place because he's heartbroken over not getting in. I don't know how you have a scholarship, but you don't qualify to get in. Like that was confusing to me. Well, so, okay, a couple points here. He wanted to get a scholarship to Princeton. First thing, they don't offer scholarships. Oh, so. Ivy, you're right. Yeah. Not a thing. Not a thing. Mm. Secondly, what sport does he play? Does he play basketball? I think, he he basketball. Like I think he he looks like a defensive end. Right? Um, maybe, well, you know what, though? Look up, like, I'll, I'll post in our group. Look up George Mikan. Like, he was, like, the most dominant basketball player in the NBA at this time. He kind of looked like this as a center. <laughs> so, like, dudes weren't that big back then. Okay. Uh, yeah, George Mikan, he's always brought up as, like, the guy who was essentially the Shaq of his era, but was, yeah. like, four inches shorter and, like, 110 pounds lighter than LeBron. And it's like, oh. yeah, he just – it was a weird time for basketball. It was – He doesn't – yeah, meat doesn't seem all that smart either. No. No, I don't so – I don't – I don't get – you know what? I, I don't understand, number one, why he's, you know, Princeton-focused. Number two – why I'm supposed to care about his academic future at all. I don't we, care about this. But when he's wasted and the police start to show up, they, they actually say, well, he has scholarships to 15 other schools. Yeah. <laughs> 15 other schools? Uh, but I he follow, really wanted Princeton. You know what? That's the other thing. So I follow uh, college football recruiting really closely now. And it's not rare to see a dude who has like 60 scholarship offers now. Because now there's like national recruiting databases and all this stuff. Back in the day, it's like, you better know the head coach to know who on the team is any good. Like you recruit from where you're around. Like you don't, there's no national recruiting at the time. It's who's the best kid in New Jersey. You can go to Princeton. (laughs) That's kind of. Yeah, like you're not, you're not sending tapes. You're like reel to reel. Like, no, you're not. (laughs) A mimeograph. Like there's no. Um, So yeah, so those were some things that they decided to spend a lot of time on. We talked about Tim's anti-Semitism arc and how he just kind of 
I don't know. I mean, they really did spend a lot of time on this to the point that like his redemption, it, it gets wrapped up real easily. Like we go from him essentially quoting Mein Kampf all the time to like all of a sudden he's cool with Brian because they're back on the basketball team together and they're all chummy chummy making jokes about Irish names. And I'm like, dude, no, no, this, this man is a Nazi. Like right after the Nazis were Nazis. Maybe he sees Brian. He's like, you know, he just needs, I can, I can, I can get him out of this racist anti-Semitic. I am not the one. No, you, I don't know. you stay there. I'm gonna stay here. I don't. I don't, need I don't to know if I'm fix you. Bring it up, but also like, book. um, I don't know if it's like a thing they like stuck on. Maybe I'll wait until we get yeah. into. Bring, bring it up. Bring it up when you feel like it. Because right now, play that siren. Uh, what's your problem? Ooh. So, so I said I wanted to do a really problematic movie. Um. This movie was problematic for reasons I did not expect. I really thought it was going to be just like objectification. And I'm like, all right, that's problematic. I can do that. But there's some of that. There's, there's, some of that, there's but plenty of that, but it's also it's not all. With, there's a bunch yeah. of rampant, casual racism, anti-Semitism. Again, like I said, Mickey, a character we're supposed to like and like sympathize with. The first time you meet him, he says the N-word twice in like five minutes, like right mm-hmm. away. And again, it's a different time. Well, not different only time. did I not know it was a period piece, didn't know it was the Deep South either. But this was a California movie. So so didn't didn't think it was gonna be that. And like it was jarring. It was to the point that it had to pause it and rewind it and go, wait, what? What did he he just say? What? Um we hear them like talk very obliquely in the very opening scene about quote unquote the Negro that they've hired, purchased. Oh. They say yeah. he looks like a Zulu warrior. He's six foot four, no. gold teeth. Totally. What they're talking about. Totally normal stuff if you're going to have that kind of a practical joke, which it ends up being a practical. Because I, I didn't quite get what they were talking about. I didn't know about. what this was. I was so scared. Uh, I was so scared. Uh, uh, until, they, until they finally got there. And they go into the room, and, and then we see uh, Cherry with her boyfriend. I'm like, oh, that's what they—that's who they were referring to. I'm like, okay, I mean, all right, let's see where this goes. And it—it it went exactly where I thought it would, and yeah. that was bad. He all but bad. said "ooga booga" and had a spear. Like, to, yeah. be, to be clear, this is not what I would think a Zulu warrior looks like. He looks like Sinbad. This is not like <laughs> I think. Yeah. A, warrior like a dark-skinned black fella this no. this dude is is not that um and no. he's also the only black character in the movie so i'm like this is this is what you're giving us um waving the machete yeah machete. Yeah. he had a machete, he had a machete. it's also you're darker darker than a paper bag back then yeah you're, yep darkness darknesses darkness. yeah then you also had uh brian who's referred to as jew boy about a million times in the movie Ugh, um great the whole way the movie presents this is just kind of like, well, of course people hate him. He's Jewish. And I'm just like, Jesus, like, I know that was a thing, but like, mm-hmm. just have that be like, you should expect this. Weird. Yeah, bro. We're fif- we are 15 years out from when we turned away shiploads full of Jewish people from Europe yeah. and said, USS not, not, not happening here, Oof. not happening Very here. Dark. So it, I'm, I'm not at all surprised that no one had grown in, no. in that amount of time. Not at all. Um, I'm pretty sure we don't see his face for real until like an hour into the movie. 
before that he's just like a nameless faceless jewish guy who gets like beat up in practice all the time like they don't even give us any reason i don't even know who he was Uh, and, and they kept him. and they kept talking about his big nose like he doesn't have no they were pushing it, it though really hard it's like awful like, maybe, maybe if they keep saying it it'll look we'll but no it. it's no. it's just a yeah. it's, it's just a nose regular like, nose. what's what the fuck i don't know it, it was also just like weird i don't i feel like he also was like driving a bright red porsche I'm not sure that I don't think that was a Porsche. There was like an Alpha I thought, or some shit. Was I thought that was car. the same car that uh, Ryan Phillippe drove in Cruel Intentions. I thought that was the same car. It's, a, it's a Aston it's Martin a, or it's a Jaguar a sports car. It's very fancy. So yeah. he has like a fancy sports car in this town where like <laughs> Mickey's like calling people rednecks or whatever. And he's also like, I wrote this down. I was like, why is he like magic? Because he also like knows how to fight and he knows jujitsu they're like oh is that the japanese thing and i was like is that a date uh, i don't i didn't get order. it point of order jiu-jitsu is a krav maga japanese it is brazilian okay <laughs> they said it was japanese so that's some that. crazy oh shit he was doing <laughs> but then also at the end they i don't know i'm not gonna spoil it but when they have to like take revenge on Porky's. Oh, I'm going to, I have a whole thought on the, the way that they plot at the end. <laughs> Let's save that. Okay, but he, I he know plot, where you're going. Okay, I'm not going to like reveal the plot, but he's like, he always like steps in and is like, yeah. officers, uh, I don't think we want to, blah, blah, blah. Or he's like, no, 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 Ted, I have a way that I think yeah. that you don't need to worry about losing your badge and no one goes, and I was like, why? I don't know, maybe this is like a Offensive mission, but it was almost like he was like the magical ethnic, like yes. he was to just solve all the problems. Yes, he had magical semite powers. Like it's very, we're we're gonna dig all into that because I got <laughs> a lot of thoughts. This shit was fucked up. Um, it was weird. Yeah, there's also uh, an awful lot of Confederate flags in this movie. Um, yeah, which I I understand. Like I don't know where in Florida we are. Uh, we're uh-huh. fairly south. No, this is South Florida. They're talking about the Everglades. The Everglades. This is South oh, yeah. Florida. Man. This is South. Well, I know. Well, Porky's is seventy miles away from wherever Angel Beach is. Angel Shores. Angel whatever. It's it's Angel Beach, seventy miles okay. away. But Homeboy Mickey. Oh, I know. <laughs> okay, should I say this? I know. I know. No, 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 no. I've got a whole. Ugh. There's a whole okay. segment I want to talk about all the travel in this movie and what the fuck okay. was happening. But yeah, um, so I mean, Florida in the '50s, all of it is probably basically the Panhandle. Yeah. <laughs> like Miami yeah. wasn't really a thing. Well, no, eh, kind of. But I mean, Cuba. Orlando wasn't a thing yet for real. Yeah, that like, was Central that Florida was, was the pre. That was that was uh, yeah. That was the pre cool like Magic City era in the '60s with the. Fontainebleau Hotel is a little yeah. early for that. So it was well, the revolution yeah. hadn't happened yet in, in Cuba. I'm, so like there I, wasn't the, you know, the exiles yeah. hadn't shown up yet. And railroads, there had really only been a railroad that went all the way down Florida <laughs> for like 20 years. So <laughs> Right, it was dirt, a Yeah, there was really nothing there. Yeah. The whole state was a Can I point out one thing though? Because you said Do like it. in the notes you point out her, like all the cops have Confederate flags in a uniform. Everybody but Alex Karras. Yes. Yeah. Which I was like, I wonder if he was just like, nah, you ain't putting that on me. You ain't nope. putting that Maybe. on me. Keep, keep that shit off me. Happen. Bigger than all you guys. Keep that shit off me. But yeah, there's Mongo Confederate happy. Flags. There's Confederate Mongo. flags everywhere. 
like they got um yeah the police uniforms have them on there there's like a huge confederate flag inside of porky's porky himself has two confederate flag pins on his hat and vest just to really drive <laughs> home the fact that he loves the confederacy and i recently listened to an episode of the dollop about uh billy carter who is jimmy carter's brother that's um, a good one yeah the the basically the point of that episode was before like 1977 when jimmy carter took office most of america didn't know that like the redneck was a character that wasn't a thing most of america became acquainted acquaintanced whatever acquainted yeah acquainted most of america met like the the stereotypical redneck hillbilly through the president's brother who was a caricature essentially yeah and And then deliverance yeah yes and then that's how we know all of that and so in my mind i'm like i i think because there was a whole like redneck um like trend that swept america because billy carter was incredibly popular it's very strange it's a weird fucking thing they love billy yeah Yeah. but like people all over america who had never been to the south started to like really embrace the confederate flag and like call themselves redneck and all that shit because they liked this billy carter raging alcoholic problematic racist son of a bitch character so much Sure. So I kind of feel like they were just trying to capitalize on that. And like they said it in Florida and they had these hillbillies and stuff because that's what America was really into in like the late seventies, early eighties. Very fucking strange. That's like the same thing with um Dukes of Hazard. Like Dukes of Hazard probably wouldn't have been a thing without Billy Carter making America love hillbillies. It's a very okay. strange time. Yeah. Um, so we got all of the non-sex problematic stuff out of the way let's talk about all this fucked up sex shit uh <laughs> this movie really did normalize boys just peeping on naked ladies through holes in the wall huh yep sure did totally yep. cool that was a thing yeah just, totally cool yeah um i guess i guess for for, for them like yeah it's better if they don't know uh, this is oh, way better God. it's way better they were yeah. real excited about it real excited I mean, Pee Wee has a, a condition. That dude cannot calm me. It's just show. hot. The hot. <laughs> He's Ooh, screaming and jumping so around hot. and shit. But oh like, my God. clearly, they, they do this all the time because we see them like attempt to do it, I think, on back to back days. They have like, a code word for it. They've had to move bricks out of the way and shit, like cinder blocks. So I'm under the impression they've been doing this for years. Yeah. I'm assuming it's like passed down, like yeah. someone te- like through the gen. Yeah, it's um, it's, the, it's the tongue tornado from American Pie. It's just passed down from generation to generation. Yeah. Um, oh. When you said code word, um, did yeah. they just call it Beaver Hunt? It's Beaver Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> it's their code like word. That's not a code word. <laughs> Dave, like uh, that uh, uh, I, it, I missed it when I watched the movie. Yeah, yeah I missed it when I watched it. Well, yeah. this is the obvious like centerpiece of the movie. It's on the poster. Um, like we never for a second consider how messed up it is for dudes to just peep on naked girls as like a regular part of their daily life. Like this is what yeah. we do every day. We go in there and look at naked ladies and they don't know it. Really fucked up. Um, yes. We also have like the rampant slut shaming of Wendy. Um, I forget who it was. At one point, one of the dudes is like, well, if you can't get laid by Wendy, you'll never get laid by anybody. And I'm like, oh, so we're just going to openly say, like, she just fucks everyone in town. Um, yeah. They, she's a 17-year-old girl at the oldest. So, like, this is not okay. Yeah, that's rough. That was very, it was very mean. 
I, I yeah. thought it was kind of funny that Pee Wee wore a condom. Oh God! To the date. To the date already. How did that, you do that? That was that was that was that was that was, that was kind of funny, but that the presumption. Yeah. Is a bummer. The implication. That's sad. Well, you know, and it's that episode. It's yeah, so it's good. great. It really it's presented as though like it's obviously totally acceptable for like you know dudes to be running around trying to fuck whatever they can fuck at all times, but a girl who like enjoys sex is like outcast, shameful. They make jokes about her all the time. Like, then who are you guys trying to fuck each other? Like, there's gonna be girls to match this. Like, so I think they were definitely making fun of her, but she was also like part of the crew. She was in on the joke. Yeah. So, yeah, like it was definitely like she's a weirdo because she has sex with all of us. (laughs) Okay, that's another thing. Um, But it's like at least y'all are getting laid. But yeah, but she seemed to still be a part of the crew, which I guess she was like ostracized for. She she wasn't a pariah. That's true. She was very much, she, she almost seemed like the leader of the girls group at the school yes. so like okay fine but it just it seemed very odd um you get coach bracket being encouraged to have sex with miss honeywell in the storage room uh first of all gross to see two men talk about their co-worker like this um uh-huh. she's five feet away from you guys that's kind of fucked up and then when they introduced their storyline i thought for sure she was a student she looks the yes. same age as the kids in the movie i'm just like oh yeah. no that's what this is yeah. Um, then they also they slut shame her for not being a virgin, and I guess they also like man shame him for not being able to convince her to have sex with him. The the way that the other coach, who in my notes is just old coach, I didn't, I didn't oh, old coach, yeah. old coach. Yeah. The way that he talks the entire time is like, oh, you can't bang her. Everyone bangs her. And I'm just like, well, that's that's not cool. And then also he's like, yeah, I mean. Oh, she's a virgin? Mm, the Pope's Jewish, huh? I'm like, dude, this is your co-worker. Like, you work it, with this woman. It was also so weird, because they kept calling her Lassie, because I guess, did. which we come to find out later, which <laughs> scene goes on for way too long. So long. Um, <laughs> but it's also like, how, how do you know? Old? He wasn't the oldest coach, but he was old coach. Yeah, and I was like, older coach, that's true. Like, who... Who else, not, you know, I don't know. It just seemed weird that he knew to call her Lassie, but we don't see any other men who work at this school. So it's like, did you sleep with her? I've got but a lot of was, questions about Lassie. I've got a lot of questions about that. That uh, we'll, we'll get to that pretty soon here. But yeah, that's part of it where I'm just like, how, how do you, that, they, didn't, they didn't do enough to explain any of that to me. Um, then we also have, you know, Miss Honeywell herself being extremely aroused by the smell of a boy's locker room. Uh, this was legit disturbing. Um, yes. watching her strip go to like Sploosh City the second she smells a jock strap has me very concerned about her background, like something happened to you. And she even says that she's like, I don't know why, yeah, something I, comes over me. Yeah. Yeah. And ah. I took it, yeah, I was like, this is dark, this is very dark. Buddy, something Freud, very something wrong happened. Something, something happened, happened to her yeah and i was just like this isn't funny i was like no. this is i am triggered i feel like something happened yes yeah, something yeah. happened there's a rape there too we can talk about that later if you like but that's I mean, uh yeah uh, Freud, putting, putting, you put was, underwear in someone's mouth and just be like yeah just be yeah you have to be quiet yeah, yeah, just cram Jacques in her Jesus. mouth. Like, it was a sock. A sock. It was, just, it was, okay, a, it was some sock. I, I thought, I, I, I thought it was a full-on. I thought it was a jock too, and I it was had just stains like, on oh it. God. It was gross. It was uh, socks. 
it was socks. I also, promise it was socks. We've essentially like taken away any sexual agency she has by just like convincing her to go to a place where she has no control over her actions anymore. <laughs> like it could have been anybody mm. in that room, and she's like, "I, I gotta fuck something." And I'm like, "Oh, oh God! Like this is, this is a trap." I'm very confused, and I'm not okay with that. Um, you have every male employee at the school laughing off Tommy putting his dick through a glory hole. Um, like, well, well. wait, hold on. Before we move on to that one, also the fact that they go up into this room when they are supposed to be coaching <laughs> athletics. Yes. You're like, you know what? Let me just get a quickie in, in the locker room where all the kids can hear right before practice starts. That was, that was just very well, bizarre to me. And but. at least, at least young coach wasn't the head coach. I think she's the only coach for whatever stretching team that was it was a stretching team it was was, was professional calisthenics (laughs) it was really good it was good yeah so yeah um tommy puts his dick through the hole in the wall uh a very bold move um Mm -hmm. like so he's he's at this point like legit spied on girls in the shower puts his whole dick through the hole um and the coaches and the principal are like busting up laughing over like what a hilarious thing this is that he did her her, her 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 request is ridiculous. That's her request, what they're laughing her, at. Her, her that, I hope ridiculous. that's what they're laughing at. Yes. I, I, her request is ridiculous, but also, you, I mean, this boy just committed a sex crime. And, ta- <laughs> and tallywhacker, tallywhacker is still a funny word. It's yeah, still a funny word. The principal doesn't want her to call it a penis. Gets too personal. So you request you call it a tally. Why did he have a British accent? It was weird. It was weird. Um, yeah. He's an authority figure. Yeah. Um, I think there were, okay, two things. I thought it was wild that when he sticks his dick through the thing, she grabs hold. Oh, she, she and it's growls like, do you think she's going to pull it off? Gonna, I'm like, it, no, to me, I was like, do you think you're going to pull him through the hole? <laughs> like a cartoon? Like, oh, God. oh, no, not through the hole. No, not pull him through. I think she wanted to rip it off. It, it oh. and have she, just she, that come up. Data, she, she put her pissed. foot up on the wall for leverage. She's she just leaning back, trying to yank it off. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like she, I thought she was trying. I was like, you think you're gonna pull him through? The, it was, it was very wild. It was crazy. But she, like, I think they were a. It's the 50s, so like, ah, oh, boys will be boys. Of course, they stick their dicks mm-hmm. in the hole. Mm-hmm. You see a hole for your dick in it. Um, but then I think they were laughing that she's like, I saw it. It has a mole on it. You give me that. I don't even know that dude's name, Dickhole Boy, um, and four other boys, and you put hoods on them. Their heads. <laughs> I will be able to pick that penis out. And I was like, "Ma'am, this is." It's a lot. Just, just say, just say you know who it is. Like you know who it is. Just say you know he who. He kept it is. saying it, but I just don't. I know, but I'm just like, you don't have to justify. Just, just say you know who did this thing. It reminds yeah. me a little bit of um. There's a Chappelle joke about uh, Michael Jackson's penis. I was like, oh, the, the, the little kid identified. Got some sparkles on it. I, yeah. It's got uh, it's a shaft, some balls, some hair, some sprinkles on it. <laughs> like, that's what it looks that like. That is correct. Uh. <laughs> that is correct. Um, so then the other, the other, like the last sex thing that we have that I had a problem with was Pee Wee having sex with poor Wendy on a school bus while like 30 people cheer them on from outside. While the credits stream to while the, the right. That was so rolling. fucking yeah. weird. Yeah. He has to be coerced into doing it yes. by, I think, the guy that's like her guy. Again, I don't know anybody's name, but he's the one of the white guys. Yes. Um, Billy um, or Jeffy or whatever. Chip. 
Chip. Chippy. Like, I don't know. Chipper. Really, don't know Chai. Um, but he has, he's like, you remember the bet? And she's like, I should have gotten better odds. She is like so reluctant. She does not want to do this. And the only reason <laughs> that she does it is because he's like, oh, I'm a virgin. I'm a super virgin. I'm a crazy virgin. She's like, oh, all right, fine. I guess get in. Yeah, really fucking sad. Uh, and then the the shot again. We're supposed to laugh at this, but the shot of him, number one, the first shot of him scrambling off the bus twice to get a condom, and then to get a smaller condom because the one they gave him was he had a tie a knot in it. Yeah, on tie, it. yeah. yeah and Brian's like, "Oh, tie a knot in that." I'm like, "Don't." Well, she's pregnant. Now, so don't tie. <laughs> you didn't do no, it. No. So he was right. His dick was shrinking. It's, it now can't fit into like a standard. Fit into it's a too small for condom. That's such a bummer for him, man. That's so sad. That was that was odd. Cause I'm just like, what do you tell her in that moment? Oh, hold on, I'll be right back. You stay here, legs akimbo. I'll be right back. Legs and- akimbo. <laughs> my, my favorite, the Jamaican long distance runner. Legs my akimbo. Barbados yeah. Slim. Barbados uh, Slim. But then later on, he he pokes his head out or his whole body out the bus window, like mid coitus, I think, to do a Tarzan no, deal. I don't know if he was done because then she pulled him back in. Well, he was done. Oh, he was, was fair, not fair. She's like, I'm She's very like, unsatisfied. Let's try it again. See if that does it. Probably won't because he well, seems inadequate in every way. Yeah. Well, that was bad. Let's let's yeah. try it again. Uh, yeah, I did not like that. And again, this is this is somehow less offensive than the Revenge of the Nerds triumph rape, but like pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then a lot of this movie uh, is told through what they think are pranks. So I'm going to run down some of these pranks here. These hilarious pranks. Why is Kiwi oh, friends with these people? I Always out know. in the bayou. This yeah. is fucked up. You're, you're in the Jesus. middle of fucking nowhere. The first one, which is how the movie starts, is like I really could have been convinced this was like a horror movie, the way that this like tumble down shack looks. Like they go, they go out to this shack in the middle of fucking nowhere, where a sex worker is supposed to be waiting to, I think, be gangbanged by eight different dudes. Is what we're led to believe. Or <sighs> I guess run a train. They're gonna run a train on her. Yeah. Um. I had but, questions. Yeah, but like, if you would have told me this was like the first ten minutes of The Hills Have Eyes, or like a Jordan Peele horror movie about a black like cannibal family that eats racist teenagers, I'd be like, yeah, oh, that's that. that's about how this looks. It's a good start. I'd, I'd watch yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um. Right away, uh, Billy or Timmy or Tommy or you know Davy or whoever one of these one of these random white dudes is like everybody get butt naked because she has to inspect you for VD. Yeah, for VD. This is the most obvious red flag. If that's if this is me and Mike, well, I'm not taking my dick out. Like I I think I know she can look at it before we get it on, but I'm not just gonna yeah. be standing here booty butt naked with all you guys. And it's always very strange for me to see a bunch of these dudes all huddled up butt naked like this. Yeah. It's, a, it's a weird visual. And um, w- when I saw this scene, I was still under the impression this is a PG-13 movie. I'm like, no. oh, you just have full frontal penis nudity in a PG-13 movie. Huh? Like I oh, told you, this was dicks a, visible. This is a PG movie. Everyone could have seen this. God. Not really, though. Not, no. Not really. Um, different times though different times question do we think that cherry forever is actually a sex worker or not uh, she might be a stripper could be could be she, i don't i don't know how they know her this seems like a lot of money to spend for no one to get laid yes interesting good point no because 
Yeah. They had to get they had to get them or is that their house? That's where their where house. was this place? This was this they was broke, a they murder broke windows shack. in it. Yeah, this, yeah. this is a random shack. house. I think this it's a is murder just shack. a random shack. Okay, yeah. this was this is this is a murder shack show. Yeah, money was spent on a prank that's very unsatisfying. So yeah. Also, I think people nowhere. still have unfortunately people still have houses that look like this. Oh sure. Yeah. There's one yeah. in my so, house. There's a there's yeah. a bunch of my mom calls them um air conditioned barns. If you drive through Iowa, you just see a bunch of barns. Like, there's Iowa is a weird state because a lot of people made a lot of money from selling parcels of their land to Monsanto, and so you'll see like a big field, and in the middle of this field, like a legit mansion, like like a like a big ass fucking like nine bedroom mansion in the middle of a sure. field. Because yeah. you know we sold whatever eighty yeah. acres for a lot of money. We had this yeah. farmhouse that's paid off, but it's just make it nice as shit. And then, like, a barn that's no longer in use because, you know, the family farm doesn't farm anymore, and it's just full of fucking holes. There's holes yeah. in the roof, holes in the sides. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, an eyesore. So, like, yeah, these houses do exist, but, like, I don't, I don't know who lives here. I kind of felt like, okay, probably she is a sex worker. I have to imagine that she is. Okay. If, if so, why not just go through with the sex instead of this prank? You're there are like eight dudes. That seems like a lot. Hey man, and their children. Off. Well, children. but, but I'm, and their children. Yes. But she wasn't like, oh, I'm not doing this. Let's prank your friends. They were like, oh, let's prank our friends. Like she, I, I, she was grabbing dicks. She said that meat was deformed. Like, um, if I'm her, to I, it. I don't gotta fuck nobody, and I still get paid. Oh, I get okay. why she played a part. I get why she yeah. played along. I'm just saying, if I'm these two dudes, I'm like, why am I so invested in pranking my friends? I can just get my friends all laid, and that'd be fun. Yeah. Like, why are we like, oh, we have we have a willing sex worker who would have sex with all of us. Instead, let's play this elaborate prank. Yeah. It's stupid. It's, it's stupid. stupid. But, but 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 guess what? They're what ages sixteen through 16, 17. eighteen. No, they're so, 17 at the end of the movie. None of them 17? Yeah. 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 So there we go. They're stupid. So this they're all stupid. makes sense. They're stupid. They're stupid. Uh, yeah. This is also the first time we see police corruption in the movie. There's a lot of oh. police work. There's a lot of it. Um, the cops see a naked man jogging down the street in the middle of nowhere and take quite a while to turn around and go investigate what's going on. Sir, pull over. Hold on. I, Hold on. I was like, something's gonna happen to the black man. I was yes. like very worried. I was concerned. I was, I was like, oh worried. shit. I'm like, oh no, and he has a machete. Oh no. Yeah, I was very um, nervous. Yeah, this this also reminded me quite a bit of the naked Frank Ricard scene from Old School. Like the oh, way yeah. that they film it is the exact same. Hey, honey. He's running slowly by the car, you see him from the waist up, out the window. It's the exact same shot. Um, but yeah, we never see any cops doing the actual police work in this movie. They are yeah. just they're, they're they're conveniently exactly where they should be all the time. Whenever yeah. you need the cops to like be there to advance the scene, they happen to show up right on time. But For like, sure. they're just there to like hassle people and and like take backs. Like <laughs> that's that's no. the only job here. If if you live in their jurisdiction, Sorry. they will give you all sorts of leeway. No, they they'll, they'll give you a lot of leeway if if they will if, if they know you, but. I have some jurisdictional thoughts for this oh, entire thing, but um, we're going to get to the grand finale pretty soon. Here, Jesus Christ! Oh boy! Um, yeah. Okay. The second, the second prank here is the comically oversized condom. I don't know where you get something like this. For the viewers who haven't seen it, it's probably what 
two and a half, three feet long. And I mean, we are, we are only fit a basketball years. We're only eight years beyond like ration coupons. Yeah. And now we're just making giant <laughs> rubber condoms. That's Wasted in latex. Like it's nothing. Was, it like, was from the, 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 from the war effort, man. But we've given up on that. We're just making giant condoms now. Whatever. The, the thing came in like a pizza box. And like, I, it did. This, this was before Amazon. So I have to assume they had to like send away to a novelties company from the back of a comic book and like wait six to eight weeks for it to arrive. This was a, a long planned out joke. And you pray that it gets you pray, there. You pray it comes. You pray. And then you have it moved away by then. I thought they did say someone like went up to like um, Miami to get it. I, I thought oh someone was like, oh, to Miami? <laughs> are they in the keys with the coral gables they go up to miami jesus <laughs> coconut know. grove it definitely they name checked another like okay so this was miami. something that they okay i did i did i, I missed think. that part if so I, I can be making it at up. least that explains some of this but like this is a very lame payoff for this prop. Uh, oh, all, the whole point of this joke was so that Wendy could like put it on Pee Wee's head and say that he was the biggest dickhead that she's ever dated. I'm like, y'all sure. went a long way for a lame ass punchline. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I think the 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 bit was then whoever that fucko was inflating it and then chasing yeah. everybody around. Oh humping, yeah, Tommy humping, is pumping, pumping all the girls, and then he winds up humping ball breaker yeah and i was like oh this is why we did this yeah it i mean it just again we're we're supposed to be like howling with laughter as this all goes on it's like this is terrible <laughs> this is a bad thing you can't just hump random women with a big inflatable dick like this in the middle of school it's really it's something man it's a different they time, were, time. They, <laughs> i mean they they appeared to be fucking in the 50s man they are just we're fucking pretending like 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 they were amongst themselves but not really doing that per se no not that necessarily um the the next prank we have here is probably the only one that's like an actual regular prank um this i I, fine i laughed at this i i did not laugh at it but i got the joke a little bit they're at they're at deadbeats diner burger stand whatever and to get back at wendy for i guess making fun of him for not having a good dick or whatever uh, Pee Wee decides to prank call her because she's working there and he asks her to ask around the bar for his friend Mike Hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael. Yeah, Michael Hunt. Mike Hunt. I will he goes say, by Mike though. He goes by Mike. He does Mike. go by Mike. So Hunt. obviously, I mean, any, anybody of our generation should recognize this as a running Simpsons gag. For sure. Uh, yeah. Bart Simpson does it a lot better. And I'm, I, I found a list online of all of the different Bart Simpson ones. So I'm going to run through these because they're all better than Mike Hunt. Uh, first, Alcoholic. Then there's Oliver Closeoff, IP Freely, Jacques Strap, Seymour Butts, Homer Sexual, Mike Roch, which feels like a direct callback to this movie. <laughs> Hugh Jass. No Problem. Amanda Hug and Kiss. I like that one. That's a good one. Ivana okay. Tinkle. Yeah. Okay. Anita Bath. Maya Buttreeks. You're a snotball. Uh, I ate pee pee. I'm not sure how you got a, a robot, I guess. Um, would you cuddle me? Ali to booger. 
See, uh, um, uh, oh, this one is it's hard to understand. It's a meta duty, but it's it's supposed to be. Um, I think I uh, a meta duty. I think it's I'm I'm Ada duty. I forget how they how they made that. It did not work as well on that one. I remember looking at it being like this one's a stretch. I'm a wiener. My enormous butt. Drew P wiener. This one's another one that takes a bit of a stretch. Uh, it's Olaf, my friend Sergey. Uh, it's all of my friends are gay. All uh, of my friends are gay. Uh, Moron, Leaky Bum, Tess T. Culls, Ivana Lick You, Here Pants, I'm a Butt Face, and my personal favorite, I'm a Stupid Moron with an ugly face and a big butt, and my butt smells. <laughs> It's, no. it's my favorite one. It's Best so- part is everybody in the bar. Whenever he yeah. says this, there's nobody. He knows everyone's name. He still has. <laughs> it's the same four dudes there. There's no one there. You know who's there? It's Lydia and Carl and Holden. I'm, I'm looking for a huge ass. And there's a guy yes, I'm named huge, huge ass. I, I'm huge ass. Because that it's, was the um that was the Flaming Moe's episode. Endless like, yeah, comedy. Full. Yeah, it's good. endless comedy. All of those are the, the rest. Didn't make sense. Yeah, but I will say it took Wendy forever to figure this out. Oh my god! Like she's saying it for like fifteen fucking minutes, and the whole bar is like pounding the tables, laughing and cracking up. And I'm like, "Come on, Wendy! Like, stop!" Yeah, has everyone seen my cunt? Hey, everyone, where is my cunt? Can you put our heads together? Look for my cunt. Is my cunt outside? I'm like, "Would you stop?" (laughs) Can you get him over the loudspeaker? Can someone figure out my my cunt? I'm like, oh my god! Just get it, get it, yeah, I mean, get it together. Um, then the last quote-unquote prank—I'm not sure if it's a prank or not—is the Lassie thing. We talked about this a second ago, a little bit. Ooh. Essentially, uh, the only reason that Kim Cattrall is in this movie is so the young coach can have sex with her, and she can make very loud, horrifying noises the entire time. I don't know if this is an actual prank or if the old coach is just a dick because like who is the prank on exactly it's not on it's not on him i guess it's kind of on her but like this felt like such an unnecessary part of this movie's plot like this joke goes on they drag it on and on before it finally happens and like okay um when you get the final payoff, I'm like, okay, I got it. She howls like a dog. And then I'm like, oh, we're going to keep on showing this. Like there's three or four times they cut away and they go down to the gym and I'm like, okay, we see everyone's reaction. They cut back up there just so we can see her howling again. And then we go down there and now I can't make a layup because I'm too distracted. Then we go back up there. I'm like, would you, we get it. Like we get it. I just, ugh. Old coach has to hide behind some weird blanket that's yeah. draped over the bleachers. It was, it was. I will say, it was I did, I did, too hard. I laughed the way that he walked over there. He walked like the guy, um, like the guy from uh, Men in Black that needs to eat yeah. sugar, and he can't oh. walk right. <laughs> he was, this, he was like. Water. He was like struggling to stand up. That's like Vincent goddamn D'Onofrio. Who the f- <laughs> that is Vincent D'Onofrio. You're right. Um, yeah, you know, I literally Jesus. just played that whole scene for Bill recently because I was like, I don't know why. It cracks me Sugar up when she's like, in water. Hey, your skin's hanging off your bones. Siobhan Fallon, ladies and gentlemen. I love Siobhan. She's great. <laughs> but yeah. Bill's like, what? I was like, let me play the clip. He's like, you want to just 
He what? just asked for he just asked in for some water. sugar. Some water. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh my god. Oh wait, hold on. I did have something to say about this scene. She doesn't sound like a dog. She sounds like a like a fire truck and yeah. a emergency call her something vehicle. Else. Or the, the siren. Yeah. I, I like get it siren? Mm, I like it. I like it, it. Is it the Odyssey? Yeah. Oh the siren. The siren. Yeah, sirens. Yeah. Um, oh, and I feel like there was something else as well. well I can't, but no, it was it was weird. No, he he puts something in her mouth so she shuts up so he can finish. Yeah. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. So bad. It's fucked up. Um, and also like, okay, so obviously this has happened at least once before. My question is, how does Miss Honeywell not know what's about to happen? Like, okay, the old. Coach, I think it's normal. Okay, but hold on a minute. The old coach points out multiple times that "quote unquote" they call her Lassie. So obviously, this is something that the whole staff knows about. He knows why they call her Lassie. The movie leads us to believe that the only time she has sex is when she's surrounded by sweaty gym clothes. So, like, presumably, she's had sex with at least one other teacher in that room before. Has she had sex with the old gym teacher? Like. Am I supposed to believe that she enters some kind of a fugue state and like doesn't have any recollection of being in that room? Because you would think this guy I is like that. Is, I know, but like I need to understand how she does not realize when they get in that room, this is going to happen to me. If she didn't, if she knew this was going to happen, then she would have been like, all right, well, listen, if we're going to go in there, this is what's going to go down. She gets in there and say, no, don't kiss me. I don't. Oh, oh boy. Sweat, balls, socks, stank. Get the clothes off. I'm like, how do you not know this was gonna happen to you? So those were dirty. We're 100 sure those were dirty. I'm pretty sure they were dirty. Very weird. It seemed regular laundry probably wouldn't do it for her because she likes. Was there a laundry? Was was there a washer dryer somewhere? I thought it was just a bunch of dirty stuff hanging around just a random random upstairs room. Yeah, Yeah. it was just. I don't get it then. What was Um, the point of the room? I don't, a stank I don't room. know. A storage room. It must, have, it must have smelled so bad. If that's all yes. dirty shit. I'm, I'm telling you, I've, I've smelled some smells in my life. The worst smell that I can think of is my football pads at the end of the season. Like, they're, they're, they're not easy to wash. You can take the padding out and wash it, but it takes like three days to dry. And there's not really a span of the season where you have three days to like leave your shit outside to dry. So like by the end of the year, it smells like a septic tank. And, yeah. like, multiply that by a bunch of dudes and then add on the fact that it's the 50s. So these are, like, yeah. wool. <laughs> They're not made Dude. of, like, polyester or whatever. Well, no, wool mom, actually breathes pretty well. Some, something my good. mom kept something my good. hockey pads for years in a yeah. bag just out in the garage. And we had some family members who were talking about playing hockey, and I, I opened it up after a Let me tell you. <laughs> It was green, and it said green and yeah. like extra E's and W's. It was yeah. really something. Green skull and crossbones came out. Um, so, okay. Uh, my big problem with this movie, I think, overall, and the reason that I feel like it didn't really accomplish what it wanted to from a sex romp perspective was because they kept on making some very strange choices instead of just, like, doing the obvious. Who called it a sex romp, though? I immediately was like, I it was a sex romp. Who's called it that? I called it that. That's what I thought it was. Well, that's what I expected it to be because the most famous scene is them like peeping on girls and the whole thing is Peavy's trying to get laid. Like, Uh, sure. 
this is yeah. they set it up from the very first scene as this is going to be a teen sex romp. It's not. I don't. I thought of it more of an anti-American graffiti because this is not wholesome. It's not wholesome. This is a very raunchy 50s set film. Have you ever seen American Graffiti? I have seen American Graffiti. Only once, but I'm I'm very aware of it. That's why I'm just like, it's an anti-that. It's trying to be more real, more gritty. No one needed that. I I think um, we talked about this a little while ago that like Porky's is 70 miles away through the Everglades I think presumably on like dirt roads is kind of the way that this movie sets it up. Mm-hmm. Um, they never show us these guys like going through the wilderness and getting the all kind of hijinks. And it feels like that's what every teen movie would do. Like make the whole movie into a, we got to get laid tonight thing where almost all the movie takes place in the time between them leaving from Porky's and the time when they actually arrive there. So you can have them get lost, blow a tire, have a run in with the trucker, encounter an mm-hmm. alligator in the street. Run out of gas, yeah. get pulled over by the crooked cops. Like, there's so many things you can do in a 70 mile dirt road through darkness storyline. Yeah. Then, like, when they finally get to Porky's, Porky pulls the trap door prank, and that's the end of the movie. Like that, there's your movie. Is these guys just trying to get some, get, trying to get some strange, and getting all these things along the way. You don't have to give me Tim's Tim's dad and all that shit. Just like, just do that fucking movie. Um, we see that Mickey goes to Porky's, I think, like three or four more times. And mm-hmm. every time he comes back, he's increasingly beat up, which, again, I think I'm supposed to laugh at. <laughs> but, yeah. like, every time he comes back, he's in severe need of medical attention. But it's also so wild because, okay, we're acknowledging they're, they're telling us it's 70 miles away. Yeah. This is not 70 miles on nice interstates. No. This is like easily. Yeah. Gravel two roads. Hours. Yeah. yeah gravel two to three yeah. hours. Yeah. So. The first time, because he gets, Mickey is very upset that he got taken advantage of at Porky's, whatever. So he goes, and they're all hanging out at Deadbeats. (laughs) He shows up at Deadbeats and like falls out of the truck. And I was like, homeboy, spills out two and a half hours, and now you're gonna collapse. That was my thing. I'm like, he's driving back. I think the second time or the third time he shows up, he's like, oh, I think he has some broken ribs. I'm like, you drove 70 miles <laughs> through the Florida wilderness, not a <laughs> in sight, with broken ribs, and then you get to deadbeats and you pass out and fall out of that car. He should have been dead. So the first time, it's just like, it's when he falls out at the dance. So like, it doesn't look like... <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> so he Let's doesn't even dance. like immediately like park and then fall out he has to must he must have walked a distance he parked his car in the parking lot and then stumbles to the dance yeah. and collapses on like a concession table and i'm like <laughs> so you drove so he does a red flare parked your car and then yeah. and like that's when they called the ambulance it was <laughs> he does a wild flare. he's walking around like passed out and then I, I think the only time I really did laugh was watching how hard he fell into that table. It was a Chris Farley fall. Like, he smashed through the table. Um, yeah, you know, we also have this weird choice of, like, we have to redeem Tim for being, you know, anti-Semitic. We're just totally fine with Mickey hating black people, though. Like, we, we have to go through this whole song and dance where Tim overcomes his anti-Semitism. As far as I know, at the end of the movie, Mickey just still hates black folks. And it's like, yeah, true. It's the South. It's it's cool. It's fine to me. No, it's 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 a different kind of hatred that's acceptable. It's like, but uh, Jewish people are white, so it's 
it's fine i suppose yeah so we should get over that but that's that's kind of what they're saying with this redemption at the end but you know you can't definitely definitely no redemption for their uh other kind of racism yeah because i'm gonna say i mean if we're being honest i'm sure tam hates black people too like it's it's like i hate jews but i love black folks that's that's why he gets beat up by his dad because his dad so after they get chased through the woods in the first prank with the sex worker and the her black boyfriend yeah they go to deadbeats his dad has already heard the story i heard you running running away from a uh, I, I, he might have used the n-word i probably think. did man but word spread so quickly yeah it, th- that that whole thing was was very very strange um the last weird choice this movie makes we established the guys on the basketball team we see not one second of a basketball game God damn I, it not one i don't even know what the point of the basketball story was i think all those scenes in the gym were supposed to be basketball practice yes but like that would have it, it would have worked just as well if they said that was gym class it might have made Guaranteed. more sense if it was gym class i ran thought it was for the extras no yeah. they ran out of money for the extras for a basketball game they spend it all on the fucking uh, neon sign for Porkies. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. I was just like, why are we saying they're the basketball team? There's no, they, we don't see them ever actually even play basketball. The closest we get is like one layup line. Or maybe they <laughs> like, tried to, like, let's see if we can get these guys to play and be decent at it. And they were just so fucking terrible. They were not it wasn't bad. even worth trying to, yeah, maybe. I, I, I don't know. That, yeah, that was a very strange choice to me. When it's just like, why are you forcing this basketball storyline on me here? Yeah, it didn't. We didn't need it. They could have just been hanging around school because that's the only thing we got to watch them do at yeah. the school. Yeah. Was um, do a bounce pass. Yeah, they do. They do yeah, an occasional bounce pass, uh, trip a guy, probably yeah. brick a layup, and that's about it. Layups, left and right, and then I'll, I'll push down the Jewish kid, and that'll be, <laughs> and we'll talk about that afterwards, and then we'll start a fight. That's all, yeah. that's all the basketball that we saw. Ridiculous. That was it. Ridiculous. Um, so the, the movie does have quite a grand finale here. Uh, they, they, as we said, the magical Jewish fella, Brian, reveals that he has a plot where they can get back at Porky. No one has to get hurt, and none of the cops have to ruin their careers, and that's all that we know about this plot. Next thing we know, they are at Porky's. We see them rigging up dynamite. <laughs> Don't know where that came from. They've got chainsaws. They're trying to be quiet. This motherfucker is chainsawing the entire time. They've got two boats. Where did these boats come from? How did the boats get there? Camouflaged. Ooh, Fully the camouflaged boats. Yeah, they have like Zodiac boats. camouflage boats. Oh, um, God. When they say no one has to get hurt, uh, a lot of people could have died in this demolition. Like, this was an just, act of terrorism. They were just small, small little incendiary devices. It was, it was but a building came down. They didn't evacuate yeah. first. They didn't make sure no one was inside. They waited. They sat in that parking lot and waited for everybody but Porky and his cronies to leave. Yes, but when Homeboy came in there and yelled into the ether without making eye contact with anybody, Porky, get your ass outside or whatever, they didn't know if everyone in the building heard that. Someone could have taken a piss. There could have been... We don't know who's in the building is my point. Like They they brought down a building without knowing for sure no one was inside of it. Can we talk about well, that? Okay. Uh, I don't even know where, where to begin. So first of all, when, so like they, the last thing we see is uh, Tim and Brian hop in the car and he's like, we're going to go do reconnaissance. And then it fades to black 
And the next thing we see is Pee Wee and Meat under the bridge. And I was like, <laughs> what are these fuckos up to? Because I thought it was part of the reconnaissance. Yeah. No one's it escalates quickly. Porkies. Escalates I, quickly. It's like, and then all of a sudden, before you know it, it's like, okay, this is we're gonna do reconnaissance. Let's, let's see four hour round trip from here. Let's see what they have <laughs> planned. I can't wait because I had no fucking clue what they had no idea. It got so so then that's why I was like, oh, this isn't just these two idiots on their own. This this is the plan. We're seeing yeah. the yeah. plan already. Wow, plan. you got the plan. Wow, this is that's coming plan. together so quickly. They also were doing all this stuff where they're like in the water, hiding while they're chainsawing, yeah. putting the explosives under the thing, sitting in. The, I had no idea what the truck was for and the boats. No. And then he does that thing where he walks. And he's like, "I need to talk to my porky." Yeah, and I'm like, "Get your ass out of here!" Mine? I'm he's like, "It's out. yeah, it's the candy ass boys from Angel Beach." And I was like, yeah. "You identified yourself." Why would you identify yourself? You could have gotten away with this scot-free. He didn't have to know it was you. He didn't even yeah. see you. He yeah. didn't, and then it escalates from there. I'm sure we'll get to the part of how they, they just do so much to identify themselves. And I'm like, yes. you are being so short-sighted. This it was in a bar. And there was very few people in there. Was yeah. it like after they had closed? It was after they closed. Because the parking lot was empty closed. by that point. They had gotcha. waited all night. Yeah. They make sure that we don't want to hurt any civilians. Again, they're orphans. I have no problem hurting sex workers and Porky and the bartender, all that. I got no problem hurting all them, but Fuck make sure that all guys. the other. Yeah, well, everybody you know, else, though. They make a very big point of saying, hey, remember, guys, if we see any guns, we're out of here. I'm not sure why they said that. Um, also, the first time they're at Porky's, everyone has guns. Everyone. The first time that they're there and they go outside, there's a shotgun on everybody. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, yeah. so I guess they just left all their guns inside this time. Um, there's a part where the, the stripper runs out of the building. Everyone's running away. Everyone inside the building <laughs> is renting away. She runs outside. The building <sighs> is being torn apart and she just like jumps up and yeah. down. And I'm like, no, run. <laughs> like, move your shit. Porky, help me. Yeah. Help like, what are you me. doing? Some- run. Uh, run. Run. There's one part that at least they tried to explain most of this. There's one part where I don't know what happened. Um, there's a police car. They, we see them vandalizing one police car. They take, they loosen the lug nuts on one so that when it drives, the wheels fall off. That's a fine, a fine part of this prank or revenge or whatever. There's another one that when the cops get in it and put it in drive, or I guess this is the 50s, probably the, the reverse. put it in first gear, it goes into reverse. That's fucked. How did you do that? Well, How did you do it? Magic. What, one of the things that, 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 that they had, they had a tow truck, so I'm assuming they had someone with some automotive knowledge who was able to get I, under I a guess. car. The, it was Tim. He was to, a racist. Yeah, well, Tim the racist can loosen lug nuts, but I don't know if you can reverse the transmission. He was the, the one under both cars. And just be like, let and just be like, yeah, let me just take this part of the transmission and plug that part in here and plug this one in here. And chassis we'll around and <laughs> sure. It was very weird. That's one of them leaps of faith. I guess so. Um, so yeah, that the whole thing is very strange. They they tear this building down and it takes again forever. This is not quick. This is not a quick building comes down. They are there for a long time. They they use the dynamite to blow up one bridge that gets you from the parking lot across what a, a one foot deep section of water sure. yeah. or to like the other part where you can drive some more. Um, they try to demolition the other part with more dynamite and they have those old timey like Wiley Coyote dynamite plungers, which is a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, second one doesn't work. 
keep on trying, doesn't work. So now they're being chased. Um, and this is also part of where the movie sort of doesn't make sense for me. I did appreciate that <gasps> pink, whatever Buick Studebaker has like a, uh, a pig squeal for the horn. That was a, a horrifying pig squeal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is, that, that is a wild me. choice. I was listening to, I was listening to, I was watching that in the dark last oh. night watching. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is yeah. horrifying, but that's it's not following you for two hours. <laughs> It's scary. It's scary. <laughs> That's scary. Um, so they, they have this whole chase scene because Porky, whose brother is also the sheriff, uh, mm-hmm. the sheriff gets in the car with them and goes on their chase. Not a great idea to stop a speeding car in the middle of a car chase. And like, hold on, let me get in. We'll catch up again, I guess. <laughs> like, just let them get away while you get in the car. Yeah. But they need the law. They, they need, need the, the law. law. Yeah. So they, they have this whole chase. They get we uh, to me it was pretty fairly well telegraphed what they were doing i think they thought they were being clever by like showing these these out of sequence shots of like close-up people's faces and like a badge and like a billy club as they get closer to the county line like okay you've given away what the big reveal is going to be now but then they showed it it was people in the band so i was like it was the whole school was there so they this is what confuses me they have this huge pep rally right across the county line because they've made it from whatever Podunk County they were in to wherever county they live. And when they cross the county line, that county sheriff no longer has jurisdiction. He can't like prosecute them for all the felonies they just committed. Um, oh, yeah. Is that how that works? No, 100%. These are all state crimes. I don't know about how the 50s worked, but let me tell you, destruction of property, that's, that's felony. and There's so much Again, stuff just they sitting there. An act of terrorism with explosives. This is God. Florida justice. <laughs> this is Maine justice, and, boy. And that's exactly that is exactly the way that they treated Maine it. As justice. soon as you get across the line, the crime's not a crime. It's not a crime. Well, it's so weird. I'm, I think I misremembered. I don't know. And I'm like, what is? Oh, I was God. like, this is this is insane. Um. So my thing was, if this plan went according to plan, if the plan worked the way that they thought it was going to work. There's no need to have this whole welcoming party across the county line. But it's fun. No one is chasing you. It's fun. It's fun. If the plan worked out, both bridges are destroyed, and there's no working police cars. So they cannot chase you this entire way. If you're going to have this big party, okay, cool. Have it at Dead Beats, where everyone hangs out on the beach. Sure. That's a fucking move here. Um, I also didn't understand why all the kids in the school are like this pumped about these guys getting one over on a strip club owner. Yeah, why the fuck do they care? They they were... They were, I, I have in my notes, I'm like, they are being treated like conquering heroes. Yes. Like, they Popping champagne. Yeah, like, they brought down the Nazis. Yes. They ended World War I. Like, I was like, this is ticker tape? What is happening? Seriously, like, the whole band is there. They're playing Sousa marches. They're, like, the entire the song that they were playing. Uniform. I didn't recognize it. Bum. No, I was that that was Susan. Yeah, the Jones. Susan Yeah, it's just it's very strange that the whole school is there for this, and like there's a school bus there. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe a couple of Multiple. them as part of the roadblock. Multiple. That was weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, this whole thing. I'm just like, I don't, I don't know why you guys who live again two hours away from this titty bar, why uh-huh. you guys all hate Porky. I get why they are mad at Porky. Like, 
Okay, you, 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 well, you did go there and try to proposition a stripper to become a sex worker. Like, that's not, typically speaking, that will get you thrown out of any titty bar in America. Um, if you, if, especially if you walk up to the owner and be like, hey, I want to purchase some of your women for sex in your establishment. <laughs> you're getting tossed <laughs> that's out. The nicest pos- that's the nicest possible <laughs> way you could have put that. You could have said some really horrible shit. You, you that was good. I'm, I'm not trying to get counseled <laughs> like Dana. But like, yeah, you, you know, <laughs> whatever you before, I forget it's callback. But like uh, you, you know, I don't understand why they're all there for this. And then well, the last part, Mickey, he hurt he put he, Mickey in the hospital. Man, Mickey deserved it. Stop going yeah, back there. A thousand yeah. percent. Quit a thousand going back percent. by yourself. <laughs> like yeah. to do what? Well, I don't know what the appeal is. It's a weird shack, two story shack. Yeah. In the middle. And. It doesn't look when they show people on the inside. It doesn't look as big as it does from the out. It looks like this tiny place on the outside. And you go inside. I'm like, holy shit! There's like rooms and well, I've got a all sorts of other shit. Oh my god! The first thing that I thought when they show it, and again, I did not know this is a period piece. The first shot you see of the movie is like the neon sign, and they pull back, and you see the building. I'm like, oh, that is the shittiest titty bar I've ever seen in my fucking life. Dave, is. Dave has come to the one near my house. That place is a fucking palace. It's three stories. It's very nice. This <laughs> like, was yeah. 1950. I'm sure this is like not an above board operation. I, I'm sure it wasn't. But in my mind, I'm like, man, this is where you're going in the 80s? Like, what a yeah, terrible place. This, this place is definitely no that other place. I'm not going to say the name. No. That I, other I place. It, they're not, I mean, they're not advertising for us. But yeah, Lumberyard is the place to be. Uh. That's a great. That's a great. Lumberyard 2. Lumberyard 1 is in Cedar Rapids. Um, oh, wow. Wait, wow. and this is a strip club? To me, I would expect to see it's weird, right? W- wood right? involved, right? Yeah. yeah. You, you, yeah. Think, you, but nope. you go there to get wood is what it is. The opposite. Yeah. The opposite. I like it. But it's like very it. nice. There's three stories. Yeah. There's a shower involved. It's a very, very nice club. Um, <laughs> and, it's, and it's BYOB. Uh, they have oh, like they, big they old naked. buckets. They, yeah, naked. They, get, they get fully naked. And they've got like big old buckets of ice. You can just like like a like a like a trash can full of ice for you to put your garbage hands. cans full of uh, no garbage don't say buckets they're they're garbage, garbage cans, cans full of ice. Like, Why do uh, the, the, the ladies they, in there? The ladies have a shower show they do there, so there's a shower <laughs> as part of the stage. Oh, <laughs> Dana's face <laughs> judgment. I haven't. Wait, I, I thought it was for the, the men. I was no. Like, what are you? Cleaning? It's been a while. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, I've only been once um, when you. Did we go twice? I think I only went once, maybe twice. I don't know. Oh, it's boy. it's a very nice compared to this place. It's fucking Shangri La. Um, oh, but boy. the other the other weird part about the Big Pep Rally is that Miss Honeywell is there. Um, she's <laughs> like okay, yeah. so we understand that Roy Coach Bar- Coach Brackett is what three years older than these boys. He's twenty three. He's like five years older than them. Um, and so Porky also like got one over 20. on him when he was there. He was twenty. He looked he looked forty. <laughs> <laughs> he looked old but like okay so he's he's apparently like basically a peer of theirs um he and miss honeywell have now had their stinky sock sex and he has joined them on their revenge mission as like a, a semi mastermind of what they're going to do here um Am I to believe that this grown-ass woman is just hanging out with all these high school kids waiting for her man to come back from this trip too like she's there kicking it with them. That must yeah. be awkward as fuck. Right. You know who else is there? Lurking in the woods? Oh, Miss Ballbricker. 
Yeah, she's working in the woods to commit sexual assault on a minor. She busts yeah. out of the woods and tries to. She puts her hand in this dude's pants and like grabs his dick. Like it's. She Let me see that off. dick. She she doesn't she say does, that. But she might as well. Basically, have. what she said. Uh, so yeah, that's yeah. how the movie ends. Is well, I guess the movie technically ends with one of the nameless white dudes looking at the camera and giving a shrug. And <laughs> that's, that's the last <laughs> shot that we see. <laughs> God, it's some it was, shit like, was I, so I can't remember shit. what it was. It was so shitty. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, oh, now, uh, one of the things I'd like to do on this pod is take a look at kind of a minor character and see if this movie was the uh, start of big things or the peak of their whole career. So it is time for an IMDb deep dive. Um, we're going to dive. It really could have been anybody because I didn't know who any of these people were. But I want to pick somebody that's very minor. And so I picked Jill Whitlow, who plays Mindy the freshman. The movie's weird because there's a Wendy and a Mindy. But Mindy is a girl <laughs> who wants to know why meat is named meat. Uh, she has 22 total credits. This is her very first role. So this is like how she started her career, literally. After this, she was in TJ Hooker. She was in Give Me a Break with Nell Carter, which, you know, if you watched Webster, you also watched Give Me a Break. Um, she was in Mask, not The Mask, but Mask, where that kid has a giant Eric Stoltz. Yeah. Eric Stoltz. Yeah. Oh, the Cher movie. Yeah. Eric Stoltz, who was supposed to be the original Marty McFly. Ain't that some shit? He was they, Marty McFly. They made fun yeah. of it on Family Guy. Like, oh, God. Yeah. Like, grabbing the face. <laughs> oh, like, oh, what's <laughs> this now? What is this about? <laughs> oh, my God. Outside of a house? Uh, <laughs> he was in Airwolf, uh, Weird Science, Silver Spoons, Growing Pains. Um, a handful of movies and shows I've never heard of and that don't sound interesting at all. Um, mm-hmm. Her second to last credit was a 1993 episode of a TV show called Detective Extra Large. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's like a Jake and the Fat Man ripoff, basically. There's like a, big, like a big detective, and they call him Detective Extra Large. And I'm like, all right. BJ and the Bear. BJ and the Bear. Then she had no credits from 1993 to 2020. In 2020, she popped up in something called Naked Cannibal Campers. Uh, the synopsis reads, Jen is running from a maniac who attacked her boyfriend when she stumbles across a house. Unfortunately for her, the occupants turn to be more dangerous and naked than the maniac. So, like, obviously <laughs> a movie worth coming out of a 27-year retirement for. Insane to me that she did not do anything from 93 to 2020 when she popped up in this movie. So there's that. Um, now, that was a decent deep dive, but I also want to tell a story of the guy who played Sheriff Wallace's, uh, Sheriff Wallace, who's Porky's brother. Um, as we said, it's Alex Karras, Mongo from Blazing Saddles, which is probably like his most well-known role. Uh, he had 39 total credits, but the reason that I wanted to bring up Alex Karras, he is a football player from my alma mater, the University of Iowa. And I want to quick read a little bit from his Wikipedia page because I knew part of this story. It is funnier than I fucking thought it was. So he has older brothers who, uh, his brother Lou played for the Washington Racial Slurs. His brother Ted played for the Bears and the Lions. He went on to play at Purdue, um, but then later Ted transferred to Indiana. Uh, So because of this, when they were recruiting him, Alex said, Indiana has the inside track. Um, shortly after he graduated from high school, this is back in the day when you didn't decide where you're going to go basically up until you went there. Three coaches from the Iowa Hawkeyes met him at his brother's house with an airplane, a private plane, and flew him to Spencer, Iowa, where he remained incommunicado for the entire summer. Uh, writing for the Detroit Free Press in 1971, and it was reprinted in the Press Citizen in Iowa City, Alice Kara said, 
No one knew where I was, not even my mom, although Louie told her not to worry. Obviously, Iowa came up with something. I have no intention of stirring up any mess. I'll only say, as Louie explained it, some accommodations were made by the people at Iowa that would make things easier for my family, and so that's where I went. It was the beginning of some awful years. So they obviously paid him like under the table to go to Iowa. This is where it gets fun. So he was he struggled when he first got to Iowa. He wasn't good at class. He was homesick. He hated his coach, uh, Forrest Ivashevsky. Um, we've had three coaches since like 1940. He was the first one. Um, so Forrest Ivashevsky was the coach at the time. Uh, he was a pledge at Sigma Nu fraternity during his first year. He probably would have left Iowa had he not befriended a Greek theater owner, Ernie Panos. Again, remember, he's Greek, which is Miss Papadopoulos. Uh, so he befriends a Greek theater owner. Um, he also becomes friends with Cal Jones and Bob Cummings. Uh, Cal Jones, great looking dude. I'm going to post a picture of him. He looks like football. And then Bob Cummings wound up being coach at Iowa uh, briefly before Hayden Fry. Um, Karras' sophomore year, 1955, got off to a bad start. He showed up to practice 40 pounds overweight. Uh, That's too much. That's he had been told, weight. I'm not sure who told him this, someone told him that he would need to gain a lot of weight to have a chance to play in, in the pros. So he came to camp at about 270 pounds instead of the 225 they wanted him to be. Uh, he was hampered that season by a cracked ankle bone. Um, after being disappointed at not getting to play in the season finale, he threw a shoe at Forrest Ivashevsky as head coach and quit the team. He did not earn a letter in 1955 because of this. Uh, he went to summer classes, lost the weight, rejoined the team, but a strained relationship with the coach resurfaced. Uh, Ivashevsky promised to start Karras in 1956 in the season opener against Indiana, where he would screw off against his brother Ted. But the coach lied. He played him off the bench, and Karras quit the team after that game. That's a this very time, Rudy, Rudy sort of – that's some Rudy yeah, shit there. That's some Rudy shit. Only he's you great at football. You can play Rudy. You can play Rudy. It's, it's Rudy shit, only he's really good at football. So it's, it's kind of yeah. fucked up. This time, uh, Karras came back to the team, but only after Forrest Ivashevsky promised he would not talk to him other than in a coaching capacity. Uh, <laughs> Ivashevsky denies this, but this is how the story goes. Uh, Iowa uh, took the lead in 1956 Big Ten title race. They went um, – they had a 7 to nothing victory over Minnesota. And then they clinched the Big Ten title and their first ever Jesus. Rose Bowl berth by beating Ohio State the next week. Uh, Karras sealed the game with a sack on that game's final play. So he basically got them into the Rose Bowl by himself. The regular season, um, uh, the last regular season game in 56 was 48 to 8 win over a bad Notre Dame team. Karras called it the biggest college win of his career because the Karras's have always had a rivalry with Notre Dame. The school was 60 miles from our home and we wanted to beat them at everything. Uh, after the game, Karras got into a fist fight with Forrest Ivashevsky. He did not enjoy his trip to the Rose Bowl either, saying Pasadena was the most boring town I've ever been in. Um, he then he went on to help them win the Rose Bowl over Oregon State. He was a first-team All-American in 56. The summer of 57, uh, he was with an American track team of Greek descent. I guess that was a thing, like the Greek track sure. team in the U.S. Um, oh, yeah, they do that for, like, there's a Jewish... I can't remember. There's, there was a, a couple of Jewish basketball teams that were back in the baseball teams too. Um, yeah. But he, he threw shot put uh, 52 feet. In his senior season, he was the most dominant lineman in the nation. He won the Outland Trophy, which is for the best lineman. Then he was the runner-up in the Heisman that year. Uh, what the fuck? Did they yeah. actually consider defensive players for the Heisman? Oh, he played, he played both ways. He was an offensive oh, and defensive okay. lineman. Um, Got it. 
yeah, he and Ohio State tackle John Hicks in 73 are two of the only three linemen to ever finish so high in the Heisman oh, Trophy voting. Shit. I think yeah. the other one, the third one would have been uh, Ndamukong Sue, I think, was yeah. second or third in the Heisman when he was at Nebraska. But yeah, like this dude was basically like on and off the team for four years, fighting his coach, throwing shoes at people, quitting the team, like getting paid under the table, and then he finished second in the Heisman. Played in the NFL for a long time, became Mongo and Blazing Saddles. So like Mongo like candy, he, he sure gets, does. He gets brought up a we lot from Iowa cares. fans as like a as like a guy who had a crazy story in college. So I knew that he had a wild story. I'm like, oh, I didn't know he like beat his coach's ass and shit. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. My God. I believe it. Yeah. So I believe it. after that fun story, uh, that does bring us to the end of this episode. And just like the end of the school year, that means ten minutes on superlatives. Okay, so uh, we talked about this a little bit. I had a really hard time telling a few of these guys apart, and they didn't really have any character development to speak of. So Tommy, Billy, and Mickey are all most likely to angrily shout, oh, come on, boys will be boys, at the TV during the Brett Kavanaugh hearing. They will be fully on his side for whatever he did. Yeah. Um, Brian is most likely to open up an MMA gym called Schwartz Jiu-Jitsu. That's how it's called. I know, but it would have been the, probably the 70s. Um, okay. Tim is most likely to get a swastika tattoo in prison. That is not going to be a lasting character change for him. Mm. Meat is most likely to be a mafia enforcer, with that accent especially. And then yeah. Pee Wee is most likely to scare off woman after woman by getting way too wound up and jumpy when they start heavy petting. <laughs> no fucking chill. Like, he could he not contain himself. He's yeah, Pee-wee, you got man. Squee, you got Meat. Yeah, that's a... <laughs> that's a, a Motley crew. That's a full Kavanaugh yeah. Motley crew. <laughs> I forgot about Squee. You, you can't forget about Squee. Who can forget about Squee? <laughs> yeah, they were boofing. All right, uh, Dana, <laughs> this next movie is your pick. What are we going to watch next? I'm going to take us, like, back into... Uh, the correct time frame okay. for uh, this this pod. Hopefully not too offensive. Um, swim fan. Okay, I'm aware of it. Have never seen it. Never seen it, eh? No. Okay. Uh, Erica Christensen, yeah. Jesse Bradford. Jesse Brad, that's swimming. right. He's Is he swim fan or is she swim fan? She's, swim, she's swim fan. fan right? He's yeah. swim fan. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I know her from um, Parenthood. Is the show that she was... Uh, it was a show with uh, oh God, Craig T. Nelson, and um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like she's also been in one movie we've done, but I can't think of it. I also think of she her. Um, what's that drug one with uh, the kid from that '70s show? Traffic. Yeah, traffic. She's in traffic. Yeah, yeah. For a traffic. little while, I, oh, I said that so loud. I'm sorry. <laughs> you screamed it for a second there. She was in the perfect score. Yeah. Oh, she was perfect. That's yeah, that's right. right. That's right. I thought she was. I mentioned that episode. I thought she was the woman from um, uh, *Handmaid's Tale*, like yeah. uh, the Commander oh, Waterford's wife. No, 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 no. The 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 evil woman, Commander Waterford's wife. They look similar. I think. We oh, Dexter, whatever her whatever her her name is from. Yeah, I thought I thought they were the same person. They are not. Not even almost. Uh, guys, that does it for this episode. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, rate, leave us a five-star review. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RecappingGownPod. That is R-E-C-A-P-N-G-O-W-N-P-O-D. And join our Facebook group, the Recapping Gown Fan Club. We will keep the discussion going in there all week. If you guys have any opinions and memories of this movie, we'd love for you guys to jump in and let us know what you think. But 
If you didn't like what you heard, to quote Cherry Forever, what do you use for a jock strap, kid? A peanut shell and rubber band? Take it easy, millennials. We'll see you next week.